Well, welcome to church. My name is Pete, pastor here at Destiny, and Happy New Year. Welcome to our first service of the new year. It's my joy every week to unpack for us the Bible. And uh, let me say to you, especially if you're visiting for the first time, great to have you at church. And uh, I hope that you are encouraged, possibly even challenged in a good way through what's going to be shared. And for everyone who's here on a regular basis, love you. Thanks for connecting. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. We're starting a new series today entitled Recalibrate Your Life. We want to start the first three weeks of this year with a recalibration found in Matthew's gospel, going back into Matthew's gospel. And Jesus has got some hard-hitting, powerful, great truths to help us recalibrate our life ready for 2021. God, we ask just now that by your Holy Spirit, you will speak to us, that God, you would work among us, you'd work in our lives, We open our hearts to you just now and we ask, God, that you would change us, challenge us, encourage us, build us up and point us in the right direction. Lord, this is the beginning of a new year. And Lord, the last year was a challenging one and we want to be strong, ready, focused for all that you have for us in this year. So I pray that your words, Lord Jesus, would empower our lives. Now speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, a guy died and arrived at the pearly gates in heaven and peter met him there at the pearly gates and said hey you're ready to come into heaven all you got to do is just spell one word and the guy said okay what's the words and peter said the word is love and the guy said that's easy uh, okay l-o-v-e peter said that's right welcome into heaven and so the guy was so chuffed and he came into heaven and he said oh actually listen do me a favor hang around the pearly gates i've got to go and do an errand for the lord and I'll be back in, in about 10 minutes. So if you can just hang around the pearly gates. And remember, if someone wants to come in, you've got to just ask them to spell a word and then they can get in. Okay, I'll do that. So Peter just speared off. The guy's standing there, standing at the pearly gates. And next thing he knows, there's his wife. <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? And uh, t- to be quite frank, he was looking forward to a little bit of peace and quiet, at least for a couple of decades before she arrived. But anyway, back to the story what are you doing here and she said well honey I was at your funeral and I was driving home from your funeral and I had this car crash and next thing I know here I am I said okay I said well to get into heaven you've got to spell a word and she said well what's the word and she said spell Czechoslovakia <laughs> just kidding you just kidding you but the whole idea of eternity the whole idea of heaven we joke about it but it is incredibly real eternity do you know the decisions you make in this life, the direction you set the course of your life in, the way you interact with God or otherwise has a huge impact in this life and in eternity. I'm going to take you to a couple of verses where Jesus is speaking to his audience 2,000 years ago, but boy, did they carry a punch today. I'm going to share some things with you today which, quite frankly, are very, very challenging. And you're going to be listening to what I'm sharing and you're going to say, Pete, this isn't very politically correct. Or this is like so completely and utterly countercultural. I know, it really is. But nevertheless, I honestly believe what you're going to hear from Jesus will be eternally helpful and totally helpful as you prepare yourself to face this new year with great strength. So let's turn to the words of Jesus. Listen, this is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many 
who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Let me start by saying, I'm just going to unpack those words of Jesus. I'm going to start by saying, he's telling us there are two ways. Let's read the verse again. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it, and the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. As far as God is concerned, life is binary, black and white. It's, there is God and there's Satan. There's truth and there's lies. There's angels, and there's demons. There's heaven and there's hell. There's obedience and there's rebellion. There's being filled with the Holy Spirit and there's been demon-possessed. There's being cleansed and there's defilement. There's humility and there's pride. There's bitterness and there's humility. There's worship and there's idolatry. There's contentment and there's coveting. There's shepherds and there are wolves. There's the church and there's the world and there's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of Satan. There aren't kind of shades of gray. It's just black and white. It's binary. And here Jesus is saying, listen, there's two ways. There's the broad way. And the broad way is kind of believe what you like. Anything goes, do what you like. It's the easy option in life. But here's the thing, you and I know that the easy option in life always has negative consequences. So you want to become obese? Just do nothing. (laughs) Just easy. Just do nothing and just eat what you want. You want to be unfit? Don't do anything. You'll, you'll become more and more unfit. You want your kids to rebel? Just don't get involved in their lives. You want your business to fail? Well, just go with the flow. Don't, be, don't take any initiative or uh, innovate. You want to drown? Just don't paddle. The, life has this negative trajectory, and Jesus is talking about this as the broad road. In fact, it says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way which seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. It kind of just seems right to man, but it does lead to destruction. Now, the obvious question is, well, if the broad way leads to destruction, why are so many people on it? I mean, what? Are people, are people crazy? Like, why would you be on the broad road that leads to... Well, there is no sign on that broad road saying, uh, welcome to the broad road, this will lead you to destruction. In fact, Satan being a, a marketing genius, puts many other signs on that road to keep people on that road and to lure people onto that road. He puts up signs like, pleasure and happiness are on this road. Please yourself, you deserve it. Truth is, whatever you believe it to be, say goodbye to responsibility, say hello to indulgence. That's the welcome signs that are put all over the broad roads. He sells, Satan sells enslavement under the disguise of freedom. You can be free, do what you want, but you end up a slave. He sells free love, but it leaves behind it a trail of broken relationships and kids who don't know their parents. 
He sells materialism and consumerism and says, this is what will make you happy. And yet, it leaves people empty and literally miserable and alone. And many people buy into the lie. Now, the challenge you've got is many believers kill their faith trying to make their faith broader and trying to not be so narrow in their faith and trying to include so many other things and almost to compromise with the way of the world. And it you do that, it kills your faith. It's like Allsop's fable, one of Allsop's fables, the frog and the ox. The frog one day looked up and there beside him was a huge creature, the ox. And he looked up at this big creature standing beside him and he looked at it and he said, wow, so big, so great, so broad, so wide. And the frog looked at himself and he thought, I'm so small, I'm so narrow, I'm so cramped. So he decided he was going to become like the ox. So he, he breathed in, he puffed himself up and he blew himself up and he blew himself up and he blew himself up and eventually he blew himself up so big and so wide that he exploded <laughs> and he was no more. Love that story. That's a great story. He exploded out of existence. But many believers try and they try and broaden their faith. They just try and broaden it, try and embrace all these different things, try and not, because sometimes they feel, oh, my faith is too offensive, it's too narrow. And they try and broaden it, but you try and broaden your faith too much. And my concern is some of you are trying to broaden your faith. You're trying to make your faith easy and palatable for everyone. Folks, sometimes faith just splits the crowd and you can't help it. In fact, you change it too much, it becomes inauthentic faith and you explode in your faith and your faith becomes no faith and you end up away from God. And folks, I've seen it so many times. Don't compromise. In contrast, the narrow way. The narrow way brings success. In fact, in life, we know that's the case. Narrowness brings success. You want to get fit, or you want to be an Olympic athlete, or even just get fit. All right, let's, let's start there. Well, you've got to narrow down what you eat. You've got to narrow down your exercise regime. You've got to have discipline in your life, yeah? You know that. Physically, narrowness brings success. You want to become a, a surgeon or a doctor, well, you've got to narrow down your options. You learn to study hard and discipline yourself. And even when you are a doctor, you're quite narrow in the advice you give. It's not like, oh yeah, choose whatever medicine you want, each to their own. No, it's like, here's your condition. Here's the medicine. You match it. You know, in the physical, narrowness brings success. You want to be a world-class musician. You've got to study and play that instrument eight to 10 hours a day. Narrowness brings success. Narrowness, what Jesus is describing here, is living God's way. God wants you living his way. It means you're hedged in on either side by divine revelation. Not by your own ideas, but by God's ideas. It says in Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, in the Amplified Translation, where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, people are unrestrained. In other words, they're broad, they're not narrow. But happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Another translation says, where there is no revelation, people perish. You see, actually, we do well when we're within confines. And confines aren't there to kill us or restrict us. Actually, they're there to lead us to life. And God's word comes. A narrow person is someone who's living submitted to the revelation of God as found in Scripture. Narrow sometimes means going against the popular view. 
And it's not to be obnoxious. It's not being um, different for the sake of being different. It's because you want to please God. Narrow sometimes means you might get mocked at work or at school or even in your home. There was once a pianist and he performed this incredible piece of music in front of a packed concert hall. And at the end of his performance, the whole audience stood to their feet and gave him a standing ovation. Well, that was apart from one old man on the front row who just sat there, arms folded, stony-faced. And the the crowds cheered, but this one guy sat there. Anyway, the the performance came to an end and the, uh, the, the pianist walked off the stage and he started to weep and his head was downcast. And his manager said, why are you weeping? Did you not see the crowds? They loved you. They thought you were great. He said, I know, but did you see the old guy in the front row? And the manager said, listen, that's just one guy. You had thousands of people on their feet applauding you. Why, why do you care what that one man thinks? And the, and the pianist said, well, you don't understand. That one man was the composer of the piece that I played. To be honest, his is the only opinion that counts. At the end of the day, folks, we're not there to please the crowds or just go with the flow. We're here to please God. And I challenge us as we go into 2021, don't live for the popular vote. Live for God, the creator, the composer of this thing called life that we're playing. So there are two ways. Secondly, Jesus tells us there are two crowds. It says in Matthew 7, 13, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. You see, the broad way is busy and thronging with people. The broad way is full of people just living for self. I mean, that's the narrative of the world, right? The world just said, you are the most important person. It's all about you. And they're selling you that lie. It's not all about you. It's not all about me. In fact, people, only miserable people make life all about them. And yet that's the narrative that we're being sold constantly. And the broad road is busy with people just living for self or living for pleasure. If it feels good, do it. Going with the flow of culture. But hey, it's only the dead fish that go with the flow. Narrow, well, the narrow way has few people on it. And the reason for that is it's a way of self-denial. Jesus said this, Matthew 16, verse 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow Jesus. Hey, do you know, I really, with all my heart, I want you to have a strong 2021. And what you're hearing just now is so countercultural. I'm telling you, what you're hearing just now is life-giving to you as a spiritual person. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow Jesus. Don't live for yourself, live for God. That's a strong start to 2021. The next points Jesus makes is there are two destinations. Enter through the narrow gates, for the gates is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. 
See, the broad road leads to destruction, a strong word. But Jesus deliberately uses a strong word as a loving warning. And and the, the scary thing is this, that God is not only the creator of everything, he's also the destroyer of things that are wrong. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus said, do not fear those who can kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy your soul and body in hell. Strong words from Jesus. And hell is an eternal punishment. Jesus describes it in Matthew 25, 46. They will, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. There is such a place called hell. I didn't make that up. I mean, I wouldn't make that up. What human words? But Jesus, the one who loves us most, tells us that this is a real destination. And he tells us that because he wants us to avoid that destination. I don't know, Aaron Judson, uh, an American, was an absolute genius in his time. In his, in his younger years, he grew up with some vague faith. And, but having studied the Bible, he decided that it was unintelligent to believe that there was a God. And he became an avowed atheist. He was an academic genius and he went to study at the prestigious Provident College in Rhode Island. And there he and his flatmate, a man by the name of Jacob Ames, they were both atheists and they became a terror on campus. They did everything they could to try and persuade people away from believing in God. In fact, oftentimes they would get into bit to debate with people who were Christians and they would convince them to abandon the Christian faith They were so effective with their arguments. And they did this for all the years of their studies. At the end of the studies, Adoniram Judson and Jacob Ames went their separate directions. As time passed, Adoniram Judson decided to go into acting and he wanted to get into the theatre. And so he went from Boston, where he was living, to New York City for an interview. It was a long trip on those days by horseback. And as he was on his way back from his interview from New York City... He'd been traveling all day on his horse and he was so tired, he just needed a place to sleep. And he came to an inn on the, on the side of the road that he was traveling on. And he came to the inn and he asked the innkeeper, Ed, can I, can I have a room for the night, please? And the innkeeper said, I'm so sorry, uh, there is no uh, rooms available tonight. And Adoniram Judson said, listen, I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted. I would be quite happy to sleep in the hallway if, if you just let me sleep in the, on the, a corner in the hallway, I just, I just need to play a roof over my head. And he said, okay, listen, son, it's, it's not really to do with there's no physical rooms. There are rooms available. It's just there's an incredibly ill man in, in, our, in our inn just now. And he's, he's at the point where his illness is such that he's crying out in pain and crying out all sorts of profanities and cursings. And, and it's really not a pleasant place to be in our inn just now. And Adoniram Judson said, listen, okay, I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll, I'm just so tired, just, I'd like a, just a room. And the man said, okay, you can, but I'm telling you, it's, it's not easy. So Adoniram Judson got the room. Anyway, the next morning at breakfast time, Adoniram Judson was uh, checking in at the reception. And he said to the reception, to the man who owned the, the inn, you were right, I didn't get a, a wink of sleep last night. All I could hear was that man in the room next to me crying out all through the night, obscenities and... Um, cursing against God and just anger was coming at this guy 
And the innkeeper said, yeah, it was absolutely tragic. The man died last night. And it's an absolute tragic loss. He was an intelligent man, uh, studied at Provident Island Road College, a uh, man by the name of Jacob Ames. And Adam Aaron Justin said, excuse me? I said, yeah, the, the man who died last night was an intelligent man, a man by the name of Jacob Ames. And Adam Aaron Judson realised that he had been in the room next door to his flatmate as his flatmate passed from this life into eternity, cursing the God that he claimed he didn't believe in. And Adam Judson, in his autobiography, describes how he got on his horse that day. And he started along the track. And he says, let me read it to you. I started to ride, but I could not. The tears were running down my face. As I was thinking of what went on in the room next door to me, that it was my roommate from college. Trying as I was to forget it, he said the hoofs of the horse on the ground were beating into the ground And they were saying two words beating into my heart. Death, hell, death, hell, death, hell. He said, I got to the side of the roads. I got off my horse. I fell on my knees and I started to make my peace with God again. Adoniram Judson went on to become actually America's first overseas missionary. And he went to Burma and he translated the Bible into Burmese. Jesus warned us. There is a destination and it's called destruction. But he also said there's another destination called life. Heaven is an awesome, awesome reality. It seems so abstract and yet it really isn't. Here's a couple of descriptions. Heaven is beyond our imagination. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. What no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. It's unimaginably good. You think, I mean, I can imagine great things. My mind can conceive of great things. And yet apparently, I haven't even began to conceive of the greatness of heaven. I mean, earth is great, and yet it's flawed. How much more will that reality be? Heaven is a place where there'll be no more suffering. Revelation 21 verse 4. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. Boy, we cry out for that. Especially in the world we're living in with so much suffering and so much grieving. Eternity in God will be a place of no suffering. And heaven will be a place where things become clearer. There are many things that are unanswered in this side of eternity. Many questions we have that we just don't have a perspective on and we say... Why God this and why God that? And yet the Bible tells us that when we're in that very moment, in that eternal realm, that place called life, all of a sudden things will become clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 says, Now we see things imperfectly, as in a cloudy mirror, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Everything will become clear. You see, the difficulty with the broad road is that the broad road can become a rut. You know what a rut is? A rut's when you're on a particular path and you've been on that path so long, it becomes incredibly hard to get off it. I've heard... Many people say, oh yeah, 
I'm not ready to make that decision to go God's way yet. You know, maybe when I'm older, maybe in your own, maybe you haven't even admitted that out of your mouth, but maybe that's what you're thinking. You're thinking, you know, at some point, once I've got this and this out of the way in life, then I'll get to the point where I'll make God's way my way and I'll start following God. But the problem with life is this, the more you travel on a particular route, the deeper the rut becomes and the harder it is to get out of it. Did you know that statistically, the younger someone is, the more likelihoods it is for someone to become a believer? More people become believers in the younger years. Why is that? It's because in the younger years, people are more pliable, they're more open to new ideas, and they make big decisions that affect the rest of their life. As, however, as, as it is human nature, the older we get, we become less flexible, more stuck in our ways, and what was a path becomes a rut. My uncle Ron, he wasn't a real uncle, he was just a friend of the family. I used to, when I became a believer, I used to talk to him about my faith, and he was an atheist. But he said to me, Peter, listen, I'll tell you this, 10 minutes before I die, I'll become a Christian then. But he didn't. You, you do not know, you, if you're saying, Peter, I, I'm not ready to make that decision, then here's the problem I've got. I, I, the problem is, you're not going to be more flexible in a few years' time. You'll be less flexible, and I just don't know if you'll make that decision then. I'm crying out to you. Choose God today. Two destinations. And then he says, there are two gates. There are two gates. Let me read the verse again. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus describes the small gate that leads to life as narrow, small. It kind of, in my mind, it, I think it's single file. It's not like you go through it as a crowd. You, it's just one at a time. It's just you and God. I go to football matches with my son. Uh, we're season ticket holders at Hearts. But, you know, in the olden days, what people did, I didn't do this, but what people did was they would, they would buy one ticket and they would go through the turnstile and then they'd pass the ticket back to the person behind them and then they'd go through and you could get several people through on the same ticket. Now, I didn't do that, but maybe some of you did. Anyway, these days, you have an electronic season ticket. So you beep, scan it, and it will only allow one person through that ticket. And then you go through the turnstile. And here's the thing with God, is you can't piggyback on someone else's faith. Just because you're in a Christian family, or just because you were christened as a kid, right? Hey, you've got to have your own faith. You can't piggyback on someone else's faith. You've got to stand before God. It's between you and God. You stand alone before God. And I think that's what it's saying. You need a personal relationship with Jesus. So what is this way? Jesus said in John 10, 9, he said, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved. Acts 4, 12 says, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way. And in fact, he said that. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. What a claim. I mean, it's a pretty exclusive claim. 
Uh, yeah, it is. It is an exclusive claim. And you cannot, you can't be on the fence with Jesus because he made that claim, right? So here's the thing. He, what was going through his mind? Well, you've got your choice here. Either he was mad, <laughs> he was evil, or he was completely true and he is the only way. All right? There's no, there's no fourth option. He was either mad, i.e. believing that he was someone that he wasn't. He was kind of deluded, right? Okay, that's one option. Option two is he was evil. He knew full well that what he was saying was a lie, but he went, and went ahead and said it anyway to deceive you. Or he was completely true, and he is the only way. The problem you've got with the mad or the evil options is if you look at the fruit and the life of Jesus Christ, you look at the impact he's had on earth, the force for good he has been, that's good fruit. And you don't get good fruit from a bad tree. And Jesus has borne colossally good fruit all over the world. My conclusion is that Jesus is exactly who you said he was. He is the door. You enter through Jesus, you're saved. He is the only name under heaven given among us by which we must be saved. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And actually, that's helpful. He didn't say, oh, there are many ways, pick your lane. Because then when I'm on my deathbed, I wouldn't be sure that I choose the right one. Jesus makes it crystal clear. No, no, there are no other options. It's me. Now, up until 150 years ago, the, the kind of when discussions happened among religious people or philosophers, the discussions about religion would kind of be saying stuff like this. They would Different religions, people would get together and discuss. They would say, well, listen, we could all be wrong, but we can't all be right. That was kind of how the discussions went. The modern way of thinking says, well, well all religions lead to God. They're all right. <laughs> but that's not how people used to think. People used to realize, hey, they can't all be right. In fact, we could all be wrong, but they can't all be right. Ravi Zacharias wisely pointed out, every person who claims that all religions are the same betrays not only an ignorance of all religions, but also a caricature view of even the best known ones. Every religion at its core is exclusive because they all claim utterly different things. They're not fundamentally the same. No, they're fundamentally different. They're superficially similar in terms of the morality and all those things, but fundamentally religions are utterly different. So it's a shallow claim because you don't know what you're talking about. What makes Christianity different from every other religion? Every other religion says, here's what you must do to get to God. Christianity says, here's what God has done to get to you. And that's utterly different. You see, what you must do to get to God is believing in yourself. Believing in yourself is the broad way. Believing in what Jesus has done for you is the narrow way. Trusting a saviour is the narrow way. Religion says, do, do, do. Christianity says, done. Religion says you can save yourself. Christianity says, trust Jesus. He's the only saviour. Why is Jesus the only way? Well, here's my answer to that. He was sinless. Every other human being has been a sinner. But Jesus, the only one who lived and died without sin, became our sinless sacrifice. Now, you, don't, you might not agree with my conclusions here, but I'm just telling you, I'm just seeing this. This, this is my answer, and I think this is Jesus' answer to why he's the only way. He's sinless. Secondly, 
he's God. He is fully man, yes, he needed to be one of us to be our substitute on the cross, but he also is fully God. This was God in human flesh. And that's a radical claim. But if it's true, it shows you how much God cares for you. Thirdly, he rose from the dead. And his resurrection was what spurred on that great movement. And that's why the church erupted in growth rather than just died its death at the death of Jesus. When the resurrection happened, it just ignited something. And Jerusalem didn't know what hit it. And the church was birthed. And this movement has continued. And then, fourthly, the fruit. The proof is in the pudding. I believe he's the way because I look at how his, li- how his life has transformed so many. I know so many people who have battled with addiction. And they would say, Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead, has changed my life. I mean, that's an incredible claim. Aid organizations, healthcare organizations, educational systems, all based on the teachings of Jesus. That's good fruit. I believe he is the way. So totally the way. The entrance is narrow, and at the start of that entrance there is a cross. And to get through that entrance, you need to get on your knees before the cross and recognize I am a sinner and I need you, Jesus, to be my savior. You cannot separate the gate from the way. You go through this narrow gate, it leads to a narrow way. You go through the broad gate, it leads to a broad way. You can't say, oh, I've gone through the narrow gate. But actually, in reality, you're living on the broad road. It's not consistent. You live with God. You live for God. You will die with God and you will be with God for all eternity. You live without God. You will die without God and you'll be without God for all eternity. Why did Jesus say this stuff to us? I mean, Jesus, it's kind of pretty full-on challenging. Jesus, why would you tell us this? Well, I believe it's because he loves you. I really believe it's because he loves you. He's not telling you this to freak you out. He's telling you this to warn you that there are realities in life you need to be aware of. It's not convenient to believe what I've just told you today. It really isn't convenient. But it doesn't mean it's not true. I believe with all my heart that what I've been sharing with you is true. It's the words of Jesus. And it will provide for you a solid foundation as you not just go into this year, but into the rest of your life. God longs for you. 1 Timothy 2 verse 3 says, God our Saviour, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He longs for you to come to know him. That's why Jesus warned you of these things. And if you're already a believer and you believe these things I've just shared with you today, then it it would feel totally inappropriate to keep this to ourselves. It's completely appropriate, believers, as you're going into 2021. This is your time. You need to tell people there are two roads. There is one Savior. You can go to that direction called life. Tell people about Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. God, we we open our hearts to the challenge. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for telling us these things. Thank you for being the one you said you were, the way, the truth, the life, the way to the Father. And I pray for folks joining me today, God. This is a, today it's been a tough pill to swallow, but I pray, God, oh God, it's a life-giving, life-giving truth. And I pray, God, that today that faith would be ignited in people's hearts, that people would be clearer than ever before. They wouldn't try and blend their faith with the world. They'd just be clear in their faith and just love people around them and walk the straight and narrow. God, I pray it in Jesus' name. 
just where you are, folks, take a moment to make your own prayers to God. If, you, if you've been kind of, you say, oh yeah, I choose Jesus, but the reality is your life looks like the broad roads, repent. Come on, before God right now, get, get, get real, get real. Come on, repent before God, make a decision. Okay, God, forgive me for my hypocrisy. I'm picking you, I'm, I'm really picking you, and I'm gonna pick you today, this week, this year, this life. Come on, make that decision. Maybe you're joining today, and this is your first time at church. Welcome to church. And you've heard something that's very challenging. I'm not challenging you for any other reason than what I think Jesus is challenging you because he really loves you. And the whole reason he came into the world to die was because he loves you and he wanted to save you. Do you want him to be your savior? Do you want to accept Jesus the narrow way? I get it. Choosing Jesus might mean you're unpopular with some people, but not with God. Choosing Jesus might mean you have to repent of your sins and quit going your way and justifying your lifestyle. I get it. But you'll be popular with God and you're on this direction called life. If that's you today and you're saying, Peter, I want God and I'm willing to follow Jesus, this is your moment. Pray this prayer with me just now. Just one line at a time. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place so that I can be forgiven and have eternal life. I believe you rose from the dead. Take first place in my heart from now on. I declare Jesus is Lord of my entire life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and accepting me today. Right now, God has heard you. He accepts you, and boy, does he love you. He has a good plan for your life. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to pray for you and with you. If you're on the platform, click the button that says, I prayed the prayer. If you're on YouTube or Facebook or listening to the podcast in retrospect, would you let us know? Get in touch with us as a church. Contact at destinyedinburgh.com and say, listen, I prayed that prayer. Why would you do that? Well, because it's a journey, and we want to do everything we can to help you grow in this really important faith. God loves you, God bless you, and happy new year.